We read comics together. We watch movies together. We get COVID together. <laughs> Glad to be back, though. It's nice to be sitting here upright and recording an episode. Can you hear it? Can you hear it in our voices? <laughs> Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. We've got... We've got a lot to talk about because we were supposed to record part two of our previous episode and then I came down with the vid and then, you know, new comic day, new comic book day happened and then Justin joined me in the COVID train. And then so, for the last three days, we've done nothing, nothing. but just binge all, nothing of, but binge all of anything that strikes our fancy on Netflix, Disney Plus. But we're going to try to uh, high level cover it all, bunch of high levels. So we're talking about, of course, the last two weeks of Infinity Comics. Along with? Along with the uh, printing of X-Men Green number one. Which I really, I, I feel like we just make a light mention about the fact that. And there it is. We mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Then we've got, now I just put these in an order. I don't know what your order is, but I'm going to go ahead and keep saying them in this order. Wolverine Patch, number five, his eyebrows. He's like, how dare you put this in my order? <laughs> uh, Wolverine Patch, number five, X-Men 92, House of 92, number four. New Mutants, number 28. Marauders, number five. And Judgment Day, number three. That's great. That's great. It's fine. It's fine. Shall we talk about... The news. Let's talk about that news. You know, for it being a long time, there hasn't really been a whole lot of news. Mm. Sins of Sinister, though, the big thing. Oh, yeah. Which the big thing. SOS, that's what it stands for. That's Sins of kind Sinister. Of amazing. That's kind of amazing. I didn't even put that together until a couple of days later. Really? Yeah. No, oh. I saw it and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. New you of it. silly bitch. New crossover. Mixed reactions. Mm hmm. Some people, including myself initially, another event, right? We're, we're still not even halfway through Judgment Day. We've got another month and a half or so of Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. We're just getting all that kind of judgment. Then we've got Dark Web. Oh, yeah, in, Dark Web. Right? Which I don't know if that's heavy in X-Men, but it does have a Madeline Pryor element to it. Indeed. And then now, Sins of Sinister, which feels as though it's going to be more of an X-Line event, mm. similar to Ten of Swords. I thought... Or Hellfire Gala. And this is strictly just from seeing the name and not doing any further reading, that it was just a new title. No, it's or not. Or a new era, you know, Dawn of X, Reign of X, whatever, Sins of Sinister. I think it might be an era, or it might be an event. We don't know a whole lot of information. It's basically Sinister gets the future that he wants. Oh. Some people are saying, and I think that there's some value to this, saying that this could be kind of like an Age of Apocalypse, where the stories that we knew are kind of put on pause for a little bit, and oh. then we go out into this Sins of Sinister storyline, and then... Maybe we come back to where we are now. Kill a Moira and reset. Oh, man. I'm excited, though. I, I think that that's been building since the start. Right. We've been, we've been waiting for those answers. And it seems seated in Karen Gillan's run as well, just with the data page that we've been scrutinizing over these months, the, mm -hmm. what each issue means for the title character, and especially as we get to issues 12 and 13 is, I don't know, do you think he's going to the pit 
either before this event or after this event. I feel like that's only going to make things worse. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's going to the pit, but he might be. I feel like that's only going to make things like Doug should say, hey, no, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to come clean on all the other stuff I've been doing, but. But the pit is not worth it. Yeah, the pit, that's going to that's going to hurt Krakoa more. But if Sabretooth is already out of the pit. Then the, the chair is still there. The domain is still there. Sinister could then oh, just so take then over. That's what I'm saying. Like, he just takes over the chair. And then manipulates the it further. And Sinister has a lot more power than Sabretooth does. Not physical. Well, <laughs> arguable. Yeah. Interesting. Spider-Man No Way Home is returning to theaters with an additional 11 minutes of content to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man. And to just get that sweet, sweet money. That's exciting. I think I saw also somewhere that the uh, Jurassic World movie had extra content on the DVD. So, you know, I'm buying that. All right. That's cool. (laughs) Movies. (laughs) Uh, One of my binges, I dove deep into Secret Wars over the weekend. Mm. I read the Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars for the first time, actually. I had not read it before. And... When it hurt too much to read, I put on Spider-Man the Animated Series, the episodes of The Secret Wars, which was one of my first experiences with that story and Beyonder. Keeping it comics, even though you can't read. I did not read many comics at all. I just stared at a screen and laid. I tried to read as many comics as I could for as long as I could, and then I'd I'd slowly pass out or something would hit my face. (laughs) I'd be reading some indie comics. We had a poll. 90% 90% voted for Judgment Day. To be the number one of the week. 10% for Marauders. Well, I'd have to agree, unfortunately. Well, let's talk about X-Men Green. Okay, X-Men Green. It's a story. It's uh, an Infinity comic that's now a book. Right, so we have two elements of The Unlimited, number 48 and 49, mm-hmm. that really just further our battle, our, our standoff between Nature Girl, Sauron, and you have Curse and... The Armageddon Men. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, really all interesting. All the fun names that Curse had for him. Yeah, it's really interesting in that story to be seeing how much of the Armageddon man's reactions are based on what he thinks is happening to Nature Girl right. and her connection to the Earth, essentially, because he is one with the Earth and he thinks she's upset, so he's going to attack. And, you know, I think Sauron makes some really good points in that, you, there's there's been there's yeah Sauron shouldn't have just like Killed fried monkeys. a bunch of monkeys because he felt like it but at the same time there's been death and destruction in their wake this we entire time we do like, bad, we're guy bad guys right all of a sudden I'm not on your team anymore like right and you're just gonna chop my tongue right out my mouth humans are descendants of apes right, right. so right. you you kill him Regardless. You're killing so many people. That's a that's you had brought that up um, in a previous episode about how she doesn't seem to have any connections to humans, even though humans are also part of the earth and are animals. Uh, it's, I think it's because of their intentional manipulation of the earth mm. and/or lack of care and having the higher capability of doing something. Right. But then we have Curse, who's big reveal. Right. Which I think is interesting because it's not that big of a reveal, right? Like we heard Curse say, I wish I had a friend. I wish I had. So I guess it's more this reveal of of how the intention of Curse's 
wishes can unfold to get them what they want. I don't know that we ever heard that or saw that from her. Unless after, like, she came up to Linlin after and was like, I'm, oh, hey, I saw you doing Batgirl things and I like that. I'm into that. But in the issue of X-Men Unlimited, she comes out and says, hey, this even gives us more context as to how their power works of bad things have to happen, whether they happen to someone else or they happen to me. I wished for you to be my friend. So bad things have been continuously influencing you. And that is to define and give context to the the fall of Nature Girl and mm-hmm. what has been this radicalization, which I, I like as a narrative. I do too. And I, I think Nature Girl has crossed over hard into villainy and hard into a character that I don't really care for anymore or connect with. Like the way that she is so mean to Curse and she calls Curse nothing. She says, you are nothing in this. Like, this is all me. How dare you claim that, like, my victory is because of you? And I think, you know, obviously, Curse isn't trying to say, I take ownership over all of this. This is mine. Curse was trying to say, it's my fault that you've gone too far. Right. And you need to you need to chill out. Right. And, and I'd say that even her inability to see that is influenced by the powers that Curse has has been playing on her yeah but then it's just she just i don't know she's so mean she's so mean to curse and then i'm not surprised by that especially with the reveal of the fact that she's been cursed essentially so she is espousing the evil that is stored up within her because of the curse that's been cast on her right so she's been she's been doing evil stuff this entire story Mm -hmm. getting worse and worse as we've been going along and this not only reaches the height where she is literally attacking every single person on her team, but we're finding out why. And I thought that was really interesting and and had really cool tie-ins to the release order to this print issue. Right. No, I agree. But then it results in Curse dying, so I'm not thrilled about that. It's Kurokawa. Yeah, but do you really think a mutant who's on the run, who should be in the pit, is going to be resurrected? No, definitely not. But I mean, that opens the question of that we have not answered correctly in the past of how do we deal with mutants whose powers are not the most friendly or usable in various ways, right? Mm -hmm. Do you just condemn them? Do you kill them? Do you, you know, there's multiple instances of the fact that Orphan Maker has to stay in his suit because Mm -hmm. his gift is a curse of some kind. Yeah. Well, we'll see if the death of curse breaks the curse or if she, as a nature girl, is just doomed to continue to be the worst. Yeah, I'm interested to see because I don't think that we'll get that final next issue. I'm not sure. Um, I believe because it's the 50th issue that they'll do something else. But Maybe not. You were just saying that based on your own assumptions or? Yeah. Do you? Okay. Interesting. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. All right. So I have Patch next. I'm assuming you have X-Men 92 next. They are all just in a list. All right. Well, here's the thing. So Patch is from this week's comics. It was a, it was just a continuation of the fight, which has been continuing for five issues. And one of the many teams searching for the same thing just up and decides to give up. Yeah. Like the prince is like, you know what? Nah. Honestly, I feel my biggest 
qualm with this is the fact that it all gets erased from Wolverine's mind at the end. Well, you know. That that is characteristic of Wolverine, sure. But I, I would agree it, it I'm not surprised by what you're saying. It it's not gonna change what it is in the last issue, right? It it's been this the entire time. It's been this like these these right, different we... sides building to this climax of sorts and we do get some resolution with this family that gets their freedom, and I think that's cool. I agree. I do think that's cool, but I guess, you know, I was hoping for a little bit more information about why it was that people were after them, what they were after, but it was really just they just wanted those three mutants, and that was it. Property of Russia. It just it's... felt like five issues was a long time for this battle to take place over. Yeah, I guess. I really like the art. I, I do, think too. that this story was a lot of classic Wolverine patch adventuring. I thought it was interesting to have Russian mandroids. Everyone has a mandroid, which is also looks like Nimrod. Yep. Everyone's got one. And we're, Nick Fury's angry. Classic Nick Fury. That's why his last name's Fury. I, I, I feel like this is the, the back and forth of the, the challenge with these legends type stories is that you can't. You're not going to show me something that I've never heard of or seen before because you mm-hmm. can't change continuity in any big way. Right. So you're really just going to play out in this pocket for as much as you can. Could this have been three or four issues? Probably. But would we have gotten all this sweet, sweet slashing action? No. We, we've got plenty <laughs> of it, blank though. face. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like these three characters that we gradually got to know and i feel like that was great and yeah and then they were erased from wolverine's memory which means they're erased from the world yes and no someone in the x office could have read this and been like oh maybe i'll maybe alef who would now be much older maybe they show up on krakoa that would be cool or they're rescued from oh that'd be cool if ben percy takes this and seeds them into his soviet stories with like mikhail and all right ben percy do it Make it worth reading for me, <laughs> please, I feel like, Mr. Percy. I feel like we were just talking about movies and how some people are like, well, you feel like it's got to be this big, awesome thing. And like, sometimes it's just, you know, it's just popcorn. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's just popcorn. But like, this was like a TV show that was po- five, five episodes of popcorn instead of one movie that was popcorn, you know? Hmm. Like, I think as a storyline... For an action-packed story that gets erased from Wolverine's memory and gives you three cool new characters and some epic battles, a three-issue arc would have been more than enough. Yeah, and I feel like this was pitched as an X-Men Legends arc and then was like, oh, this could have more legs to it. Do you want to do some more with it? And then so it maybe got beefed up. Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's over now. Yes. And we're going to move on from it because we got bigger fish to fry. Like X-Men 92. House of 92. Oh, we didn't view any page turn noises for those others. So here's some retroactive ceremonial page turn noises. (laughs) House of 92. Page turn noise. We're not even talking about the cover? Oh, let's talk about the cover. They're floating on an X. It's that big Omega energy. This is... A shot for shot of the Hellfire Gala, Planet Size X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like I get excited for the more literal one-to-one homages where I can see it and be like, oh, that one. And that's like the, the one. Leonardo DiCaprio meme where I'm like, yep, oh, Hellfire Gala, Planet Size <laughs> X-Men, that's that one. That's that one. All right. 
page turn noise. Well, there's things I want to talk about in this issue. Like, did Jumbo design the Hellfire Gala looks in X-Men 92? Because, no, I don't think Jumbo was a character at that yeah, point. Yeah. Whoever their designer is got... Junior prom vibes. Some, yeah, some rough junior prom vibes. What do you think of this new team? This X-Men team that gets announced at the Hellfire Gala? Almost shot for shot the same team. Just... Almost... Two swaps. You got random instead of sync and feral instead of Wolverine. I think it's it's cool that it's pretty much the same team. I don't really know much about random or feral, so I can't say either way. Feral's like Wolfsbane. Yeah, that's what I... Random can transfigure his body into random things. All right. Well, that's a cool power to have, I guess. I do love the Dark Beast, though. I do love Dark Beast coming in and being all evil. Well, yeah, especially when he's revealed as the final council member, the inner circle chamber member. Yeah. Because Sunspot and Mirage, Mirage, Danny Moonstar, mm-hmm. joining the council, which finally, is great. Finally. Finally. Danny yeah. Moonstar. People in the 90s got it right. Madam Web, speaking of Spider-Man the Animated Series, joining the council instead of Destiny. Just a side note, 90s Black Panther looks like Batman. (laughs) And Dark Beast coming on with his Dark Riders. Yeah. Is this the end of this? There's one more. There's one more. And it's got an Inferno cover. Ooh. That means we're going to find Jubilee. Well, it seems like people have already found her. And that's the twist rather than, you know. All of the Dark Riders have found and are now reading the journals. And Sinister's tied up. Good. <laughs> the Dark Riders. I I really enjoy X-Men 92. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. I I like the retellings. I think the art is fun. It always feels like an easy read to me. Like a, just a chill. I'm reading this. I'm enjoying this. I'm getting to see it from a different perspective. I'm seeing characters I haven't maybe always known about it's fun yeah i like it okay they're good you're done with that i am okay i was ready to skip these so i know i just i wanted to give them a moment in the sun on to the real meat of the episode the big three starting with new mutants number 28 definitely foreboding on that cover so so foreboding tied up magic madeline just Perched in that throne in the background. Queen of goblins. Just definitely gives you vibes that something could go wrong, right? Something went wrong here. But did it? We'll find out. Page turn noise. Trial by magic. Trying to summon that soul sword. <laughs> Talking about the importance of the soul sword, what it means to Ilyana and her journey through limbo over time. I think this is hysterical. This is the New Mutants comedy that I love. Yeah. I also just love this back and forth, back and forth. And Colossus is just standing there like, I'm muscly guy in the (laughs) background, not contributing anything to this conversation, just at the ready. I'm here and I'm ready in case you need to talk to me. Because it's time to storm the castle, finish the ritual and get out of here. We've been in limbo for far too long. Still don't agree with the whole given Madeline. Let's have this conversation again. again. I mean, 
At this point, I think Madeline has a right to be kind of upset. Right. I, just, I feel like of of my only few con- criticisms, it's, yes, Danny, I get it. You don't trust her. And rightfully so. You shouldn't. Right. Because we've she's seen the evil. previews for Dark Web. And right. so we've seen the future. But she's not coming for Krakoa because she's not allowed to. Loophole. Right. Very large loophole. Mm-hmm. But... At least you give her a shot. And it's the same thing. You know, why is Sinister able to do what is right more than I am? Right. Personally, I think you both stir madness. But hey, here we are. Personally, I don't think either of you should be given a second chance. But that's not the point. The comparison between Krakoa and Limbo and what they mean to the different characters. Even Colossus, the silly Russian spy, agrees. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, da. These book pages. I want a full comic. Not necessarily these pages, but in this style. I just mm. want this style of page. And then maybe you have like a full page of narrative that gives you a little bit more story. And then you get another page of I art know. with a little bit of caption. And then a full page of story. Like yeah. that, I'm into it. Yeah. They're so epic. They're so magical. And I, I can understand why child Ileana was like, my book. Yeah. I need my book. They're so epic. Hey, it's title page. The Labors of Magic, book four. The Queen is Dead, Long Live the Queen. Written by Vita Ayala, art by Rod Reese on Main Story, with Jen Dursema and Ruth Redmond on Flashbacks. And we got Travis Lanham on Letters and Production. VCs, Travis Lanham. Also realizing I did no credits for those first three books, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Not going to go back and do it. Nope. Justin didn't even want to talk about him. Already said it. All right. So we're getting back to the story. Storm the castle. Yes. Throwing that sleepy magic powder. I love this image of everyone in all out battle on the next page. You got Colossus punching through a demon. Madeline flying overhead. Well, it just everyone is in full action poses. Obsessed with the art. Rod Reese. Yes, please. Thank you. I love it. And then Sim. Just his face. Oh, uh. I thought you guys were like done. How are you still here? He's so confused. She comes at him with a regular sword. He's just like, no, what are you talking about? Get out of here. This sword is not going to do anything. Honestly, right here, when she gets thudded over the head, I said out loud, I bet it's another Ilyana. Oh, you thought that? I said it out loud while I was reading on the patio. No witnesses. No witnesses. Obviously, I read comics by myself. (laughs) But the fact that Madeline's like, oh, I did not see this coming. I did. Right. It just made sense because it ties into the story that we've been reading all along, that Mm -hmm. there's all these other versions of Ilyana that are kind of splitting her power and focus. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is one of the versions was a younger version and one was an older version. And this version seems to be pretty much around the same age as Magic herself is. Yeah. Like this is... This is parallel to where she would have been. Yeah. If she had stayed in limbo, because we get that not full data page. Uh, so rude. Was that a gypped. mistake? No, like, that's, that's true. That's 100% intentional for the page to just cut off like yep. that. Yeah. But I was like trying to read what else was happening and then also wanting more story from her. Yeah. You can really see at the split of the sword where things go awry. Right. Mm-hmm. So that cut in the sword is where things differ from Aureliana. And then things get bloody. The rightful queen. She wants to actually take the throne. This this like crown with horns on it. 
Yeah, it's also so it's so interesting to me that she can't really fully be queen because she's not actually the real Ilyana, right? Well, so Ilyana, our Ilyana, is the queen of limbo, is in charge of limbo. Right. And she is, it's it's hard to say who is the real Ilyana because limbo time is right. nonsense, right? So there's offshoots of, so technically they're both Ilyana and they both have equal claim to being Ilyana, just on different journeys and at different times. So I feel like because of the fact that our Ilyana had claimed and has held her place as the queen of limbo or the the reigning demon, I don't know what, what her title is, the Beyonce of this place, I think she, <laughs> call, her, she calls herself in Cable. This other Ilyana, this demon Ilyana cannot take that power without blood. And she needs that blood. And Ileana was going to give that blood to Madeline. to Madeline. But less of a death way. <laughs> right. More just like a slit your hand, do a handshake kind of way. Yeah. Hold hands in this pentagon. I live for this battle art, this back and forth with that bottom image. Yeah. Oh. Of demon Ileana, just the blood gasp. and the gasp and the, ah, it's so good. Well, I think what really makes it stand out is the colors too. It, mm-hmm. It's the... The fluidness and action and the, the feverish pace, but it's the colors that highlight which side is which. You have like our Ilyana in white versus the purple magic that the demon Ilyana is casting. And then, yeah, the, the face that she has when Madeline stabs her in the back. Madeline's like, you're not taking the throne. Yeah. The throne is mine. I've been sitting here for all this time. Enough of this BS. And the energy from killing this Ilyana returns to our Ilyana. And that's what causes her to kind of go into this transformation. So has this this demon Ilyana has existed arguably the entire time. Right, side by side. Maybe it was like a piece of her soul that she left in limbo. Right, right. And so now she's able to completely separate herself from, almost completely because she's still technically... Beyonce, mm-hmm. but she has now this transformation as she gets these accents of armor here and there, and then the full reveal of the costume. New look, new sword. What do you think of the look? I lo- there's things I like and there's things I don't like. What don't you like? I don't like the training suit vibe of the underneath piece. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do and I don't. I really like the gold armor. I like the gold as a new, you know, look for her. But I also did really like the black. And I feel like I would have wanted some of the under piece to have a little bit more of like a badass feel to it or like an epic feel to it. And this just feels like it is a training outfit. I don't get that. I've heard that from others, but I just... I get that the colors kind of signify that and that you see, but how many decades did Kate Kitty rock right. that suit, right? You know, and then only recently that she really found her way into something else that was not that. Yes, I get it that like it historically is more associated, but even look at Danny right now and what she's wearing in that same It's not image. the colors for me. It's the pa- it's the pattern of it. It looks like plain pants. I don't know. I I really like it. I'm just being nitpicky, right? Like I'm picking picking it apart because you asked me what I think. I think the belt is really great. 
I think I want it to feel more like even though it doesn't have armor on it, that it ties into this warrior look. And it looks a little to me like a workout outfit that your armor came on top of. Hmm. I guess. But overall, I'm not complaining because I think it's dope. And I think the armored leg on top of the full armored arm and the new sword, I think they're great. I think I will miss the blue hue to her magic, which it seems to have more of this yellow hue now. Almost like a purity because she's cleansed yeah. the evilness. Yeah, but but I, I mean, I, I think it's great. I think the armor looks so dope. Like her shoulder armor and her gauntlet glove and yeah, into it. Look how sad Sim is. Oh, yeah. I mean, as all the demons are trying to kiss her feet like hey we kept the faith we were here on your side the whole time like oh no no the fact that Piotr is holding sim in this lock (laughs) and knowing from storm and iliana the original story of her time in limbo and what happened to colossus at the hands of sim right that's that's just an interesting juxtaposition yes but he looks terrified as he should Mm -hmm. she's coming for you is he dead like does he die right now Uh ah Mm, don't know. All right, let's talk about this data page. Madeline's in charge of limbo. Deal with it. <laughs> You'll be mad. I don't care. Also, we should be training people in magic. I'll do it. It's great. It's so good. I'm here for it. I like that there are red marks of, of mistakes. It really makes me feel even more connected to magic as a character because I am a terrible speller. Right. And so seeing, you know, someone as epic and amazing as magic, expelling errors. That feels good. Someone who also did not have a formal education. You know, okay, a, okay, okay, okay. You're like, not helping me feel good about myself. It's like when you think about people at Hogwarts and like they learn divination and spells, but do they learn like math? Of course they do. I've never seen a class for grammar. Well, they're not going to show you a math class. You're show me a grammar class. That's boring. It doesn't exist. Nobody wants to see your muggle classes. That's they also, don't they don't it. need math. They need potions. You need math. You need math. You need fractions to be able to mix your potions but correctly. But you learn the math you need for potions and potions. Tangents. Anyway, I was just trying to say it's relatable that someone can't spell <laughs> and then you had to be all, yeah, but she didn't go to school and you did, so. I wasn't saying it because you did. I was saying it because she didn't. I know, but I wasn't. You took it personally. Because I, I you wasn't were belittling about. her for her inability to sm- t- for her inability to spell. <laughs> I was I was making it relatable. I was saying she's she's relatable here. But anyway, yeah, let's get the school going. Let's get that magic school going. Here for it. Time for some brother and sister tea time. Yeah, this is massive. It's probably coffee, right? It's probably just, coffee. Just got and and it's only coffee. for Ileana. It's not any for Colossus because yeah. she doesn't share her coffee. Nope. Can we just like hang out? Like I have these gaps in my memory because and I'm I'm glad that someone's addressing it. Right. Cause where'd that plot go? Well, it's here. Simmering. It's looming. That's a big story down the line further. Magic's gonna help it out. I just feel like you think about that. Mikhail as this leader of the Russian the mutant Russia, mm-hmm. Colossus on the Quiet Council, manipulated by the Chronicler, and then Magic as a war captain 
and a member of the X-Men. Like, yeah. This is elevating the family of Rasputin. Family drama, baby. They just got to wait for all this Eternals garbage to be over. Garbage. Stuff. <laughs> they make amends, though. Yeah. We got a demon uprising heart. back in limbo. Demon party. Yeah. Who's to say this redheaded pretender can actually watch our backs anyway? Oh, I am. You dead now. I have your head. Yeah. I'm not going back to Krakoa. I plan to live here full time. <laughs> this is my home and I will be your queen. Anybody else got a problem with that? Excellent. Long live the queen. I do like her new digs. I, I like her new too. outfit. She's got her boobs covered enough that they're not going to pop out if she lifts her arms up. I love this issue. We get some flashback pages that, you know. Well, they tell us where the story came from. Yeah. Fergus. Interesting ties between the then, the now, and the complicated cycling of time that is limbo. How they're able to. Cute. Oh, yeah, it's cute. It's just, you know, it adds to the confusing nature that is the timeline of limbo. We even get this image from cable right and that, mm -hmm. that's what then later inspires him to go back and that, that just means how open of a story is limbo it's always happening it's like on a cycle right it's not a straight line of time mm -mm. hunt for a wolverine next issue guest issue by danny lore guillermo sani and dan brown what do you think i love it 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 because it was a great resolution, I think, for Magic's journey of trying to, to solidify herself as an individual outside of Limbo. She got her new costume and her new sword out of it. The art is great. Madeline's in her happy place. And we also furthered this little thread of what's going on with Colossus. Yeah. So I thought it was a great issue. Yeah. No, I thought it was a really great Ilyana story rooted just not even this just this issue but this arc rooted through her time and connections while also setting up what could come next in stories with madeline obviously dark web we know that's coming mm -hmm. we've seen it we know it the fact that she's not actively going after krakoa or krakoans is the biggest loophole she's ever needed but big fan of this arc and what it did for iliana's character and, and madeline's character yeah as well. and madeline's character too like really standing up for herself and her ability to make decisions mm -hmm. and then to then find out that she's lying to everyone the whole time and right. she's really going to come after New York and whatever. Ha ha. I got plans. Other than obviously our Ilyana who's on the X-Men, mm -hmm. which is your favorite? Mm, old lady Ilyana. Old lady with warlock arm? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I just feel like that was a great pairing of the two. Yeah. And that was just a cool, like, I don't know, a cool way to see how Ileana was still herself, but what would happen to her trapped in limbo. Like, that she's still fighting for the good guy, you know? Yeah. And she's making it work. It kind of felt very, I don't know, walking dead, limbo walking dead Ileana. And especially at the sacrifice of her own health, right? Mm -hmm. So she's slowly dying as she staves off this right. attack. The Pikachu wants to know, should Magic's magic school happen in New Mutants or a new title? 
like a war college book. Ooh. Obviously, the Pikachu knows anytime they mention war college, yeah, let's give it a book. Let's, let's give it its it. own book. I mean, that would be cool. That would make so much Magic sense. Magic and Bishop teaching yeah. together. Because Marauders is going to stop. What do you mean? It's done. What do you... The book is done? Kabosh. Done. Put the kabosh on it. I'm out. All right. We're still going to talk about it. The title is over. I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Kate. It's done. Bishop needs something else to do. Wise Guy wants to know, how does the New Mutants book continue after this mini arc? It's- well, there's so many people in the quote unquote New Mutants title who haven't been heard from in a while. It's true. We've really been focusing on this one group. And now we have a, a guest issue. And then I think we have a couple of other guest issues as well following that. Because like what's going on with Gabby and the new New Mutants? And then what was the name of that character that was introduced in Marvel Voices Pride? The one who could like absorb the... Per- Escapade. Escapade. They're going to be in an upcoming arc. And actually I've seen a cover. I have it here. Mm, and what's going on with uh, Rain and, and her Tear. son? Yeah. Right? There's, there's so many things that could happen There's next. a lot of plots left to continue. This was definitely and an a well-deserved side quest. And it was really nice, actually, to have an arc that stayed focused on one story. I'd agree. And not bop around between multiple stories. Well, I mean, the Shadow King arc had a lot of stories within it, but was all kind of mm. contained within that. That's right? true. That was really just the Shadow King and also what was going on with all those other characters. That's true. That's true. Marauders, you ready to talk about the the title you just canceled? Let's talk about it. Oh man, this definitely the the cover hits that CGI feel a little too hard, especially Bishop's face. And this is, yes. This I think you've said it previously. The the CGI art of the covers to Marauders. Mm-hmm. I love how Nemesis looks though. Nemesis is cool looking. You may or may not remember him as Holocaust when we were talking about the Age of Apocalypse. Oh, right. They changed his they name. They changed his name. Because apparently that's not what you want to call a children's action figure. Correct. Yes, in a toy aisle. Not the best choice. No. All right. Shall we dig in? Yep. Page turn noise. Busting through that egg. Sandra's alive. Here, put this on, my naked child. That is here. The recap of what had happened when she died. I believe we saw this referenced in X-Men Red in those stories about death before that big story about all the death. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the first meeting of the two. Ever? Yeah. What? For a while, he didn't even know that Xandra was a thing. I am in shock. Actually, how could I be in that much shock? <laughs> Charles is a deadbeat dad. Well, I mean, he's he is the most fatherly he has ever been in this page. Look at him. He's got a blanket yeah. and a hand on a shoulder. Yeah. It's like, hey, you stayed home from school sick and I made you some soup. <laughs> now get out of that egg, you silly naked girl. She's like, okay, cool, cool, But what cool. about my friends? What happened to the Marauders? What did happen to them, Zandra? I do like the art. I do too. The villain artist. I do too. Akira and Aurora catching up with them, the Kin Crimson and the Chronicle. They're holding down the fort. We got these... Dual battles going. One battle must sustain so that the others don't die before they have to come back or something. Yep. Basically just keeping them at bay so that the others are doing well on their time heist. Their time heist to get 
a time drive and that's it. That's the purpose of their heist. Yes. To get the time drive. Yes. And the time drive contains, or at least what they thought contains thresholders DNA. Yeah. But the people that they're time heisting are not excited that they're there. No, as we go into the more recent past, specifically X-Men 42 and 43 from Adjectiveless X-Men, the 1991 run, I went back and I read this issue. Of course you did. On Avalon, the summing up all points of the exchange leading into our classic story, the Acolytes, knowing that there's someone else here. They think they're slick, but I hear them all. I sense them. Title page, Avalon Falls Again. Hell Can Wait. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Andrea Barcardo, color art Matt Miller, letters in production Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Let's go, Nemesis. They do explain it, I think, later on or earlier, but in the issue, he does not have his armor in X-Men 42. Oh, interesting. He is just kind of a, not, he's not naked, but he's just a guy <laughs> and he's kind of on fire. He's just an on-fire guy. But he is able to regain his armor because he's drained the power from Cassandra. Yes. And Exodus is here. I do really like this page, this eyes to eyes mm. as they face off. And even just this top panel. I, yeah, the art is great. And I say that, like I know we've gone back and forth on the, the series artists before. And I do like their art, especially in the fighting scenes. But this feels more reminiscent of a traditional Marauder's art. Mm-hmm. On to the time shenanigans. Our team breakdown. We can't do anything wrong or everything will blow up and not exist. Cassandra's out. Yeah. So we're here. We need to do something. We can't just let Cassandra die for nothing. But she's not going to be dead for long. Tempo's, even... Tempo's tired. Tempo's tapped. So everyone else gets to work. This panel, Nemesis just going, you coddle this planet. Just come and add him. Mm-hmm. You think, so he is from the Age of Apocalypse. Nemesis. Nemesis. Like yes. he is He is physically from that universe. He is transported to the 616 at the end of the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Along with X-Man. And to see what's happening in this world... And to know where he's come from and, right. and to see like, you know, how could you let this happen? I know a better world for at least, you know, some mutants. The mutants who hate everything else. He's angry, but they can't be bothered with this fight. Yeah. They can't get up involved in this. Well, they have to get a little involved because they are the reason why he's so supercharged. I mean, the, the fight doesn't go well for Exodus in the first place, mm-hmm. but the armor upgrade from draining. Makes it go worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somnus is literally just as confused as everyone else. His father, he's Apocalypse's son, the guy you put on the quiet... Wait, what? The quiet council? Well, different time. You, you get it. Also Apocalypse. Mm, he's not, Apocalypse, you know? Yeah, but not that Apocalypse. You know, it was a different Apocalypse when he was he was trying to raise the strong for a different reason. I just... The, the boost fruit. I like the concept, but this reliance on them... In these issues, it's kind of strange, especially seeing as they're not seen or referenced anywhere else in Krakoa. Right. Like, we've seen this throughout these five issues. Boost fruits, boost fruits, boost fruits. Yeah, they keep eating them. I don't know. Maybe they need them in space. Maybe. Stop trying to make fetch happen, I guess. 
This page is literally everywhere. We got Nova with something sneaking up on her. Something. That's a symbiote. Six, it's, not, it's not Venom. It's not Venom, as you exclaimed when you were reading it. It looks pretty exactly like Venom. Sure. I mean, symbiotes do generally look similar. All they- right, we'll make it a different color. Venom is black. Okay? Carnage is red. Pick a different color. Be purple. Do you remember the reference to No. That's one of the shames. That's where they get the wet skin is that they've tapped into this mutant symbiote's power. I barely remember anything that happens in this book. It is so confusing. This is not my Marauders. Anyway, carrying on. It's pretty sick looking, even if it's not Venom. I like it a lot. Yes. It looks exactly like... Okay, anyway. The different symbol on the chest. Yep. Also, symbiotes are a hive mind society. So what one has learned from absorbing the materials of a person, i.e. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, the others have then adapted to. Yes. All right. I mean, I don't. I agree with you. I, I understand that concept. I just think... You just want to be upset. It just looks a lot like Venom and I just don't understand. But it's fine. I got excited and then I got hurt again. It's not Venom. But it's helping Cassandra help Exodus just enough. Just enough. So that's what we need, right? Right. And then this random Red Lotus drop from Somnus, which Red Lotus is a character you don't know. Mm-mm. But apparently Somnus knows Red Lotus and has spent a night that lasted 10 years and learned some fighting techniques. All right, then. Maybe something we'll explore later on. Maybe. The inky crone. That is funny. Back to the present. Slash, stab, shock. Oh, yeah, that gland. That's what's keeping you alive. I'll just stab that. It's interesting because it, like, they feel like they try to make it look like Aurora's doing something, but... She's not really doing much in this fight. She's fighting the Kin Crimson. Akira's fighting the Chronicle. Why don't I really ever see her fight them? You see at least three of them on the first page that they're fighting. Yeah, but now in this page, I'm saying. They're those figures lit up by electricity. Oh, I thought those were just ele- that was just electricity. Now I see. I am sorry. I take it back. But Akira's ready for whatever you've got to dish. He can handle it. He can, and he will, and he'll take out the gland, and you too, Chronicle. You're done. On to Nemesis's destruction, the armor versus Bishop. I love this panel as Bishop tears through the armor shell. Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like in X-Men 42. Ah, skeleton fireman. Stand down, Cassandra. Why, you choose now to flirt with me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cassandra has been the star of this arc, which I know yes. you don't want because yes. you want no, it to be No, no, that's not true. I have no problem with Kate not being the star of the book. I just feel like the book has gone. I'll I'll save my feelings for the end. Okay. I, I agree. I think Cassandra has been hilarious this entire arc. Psylocke finds the drive in the Acolyte's control room. It's barely a psyche, just information. Kind of like a Cerebro backup. In my mind, mm-hmm. right? So would they be able to potentially resurrect someone or something? I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe explore that later on. 
this X-Gene optimization, Nova suggesting a power-up for Psylocke that she can see after reading her genes. So that's part of Nova's power is Mm -hmm. that she can understand someone's genes and genetic potential. But just the the glue that symbiotes is together between Psylocke and Tempo to warp all of their memories and travel back in time. Kind of cool. It's cool. It's another one of those mutant circuit situations and everyone's home and everyone remembers. Except for the Acolytes. They didn't remember anything. Everything's fine. Oh, but what about the Chronicle? You killed him. We wanted that for evidence to clear what we were trying to do. But don't worry. Deathbird's here. She's got it. She got it. She got your evidence. Delphos the Red is right here. Ah, Deathbird. We can pass, though, right? Xandra said so. I'll talk to her myself. Oh, she's dead? She's dead? And so are you, my friend. Slice. Deathbird. This panel of Deathbird slicing Delphos the Red's throat. It's amazing. Deathbird's having none of this. Forget it. I'll get my evidence somewhere else. You can pass. I did like this data page. Not a lot of people knew that Xandra was killed, but she did sequence her own genome and send it across galaxies. I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. So yeah, that was cool. basically created her own Cerebro backup. The final words. Hey, guys, our bad. <laughs> Those Kin Crimson are crazy. We'll Sorry fix it. Sorry about that. Also, be a fang. This that, is interesting. That was cool. Yeah. Do we think that he'll stay? Like, it, will he go by fang or space wolf or... Who knows? They were trying to get a new name for him, no? Right? I know, like the necklace. Yeah, yeah that's cool. It's cool. Detail, even if he doesn't wear the costume. Keep the necklace. I don't think you know Warbird. No. But they are a non-mutant ally and had previously been a member of the X-Men. So mm. they're a Shi'ar character. But to have them bond with the symbiote almost completely, they're like, this, this looks dope. So dope. Somnus and I don't know who. Is that whoever they were talking about before? Nope. Don't think that's Red Lotus. Yeah, I don't know. I I was a little confused by that as well. But, you know, Somnus is taking a snooze. So that's good for Somnus. And it all gets recapped at the Green Lagoon. Warbird is to hunt the Kin Crimson. And Grey Crow apparently works at the Green Lagoon now. And... We get a little furthering of the romance that had developed in Hellions. I love it. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the issue. It's great. You you are my first call if recreational murder is required, John. <laughs> That's sweet. But that after is. the gala, because we don't want that nonsense to happen beforehand. And I do like that we needed to hear that those words yeah. after the gala, along with this data page, in knowing that this took place before the gala happened. Yeah, it really places it in time. It answers all the questions that had been popping up. Mm-hmm. This data page. Deeper in the resurrection queue, she's a council member. Right. She should be right at the top. Right. I don't know if it's just they didn't know or... Qualm number one. There's a new mutant refugee from the future, ironing out some of the timeline logistics of it all and... Then we meet that new mutant refugee, who I have known from X-Men 2099, but Cerebra. Cerebra. I just, she seems cool. She looks like she's got some techno-organic business up in her. She got a cool costume. Next, a most dangerous game, Judgment Day. So we tie in with Judgment Day on the next issue of Marauders. I fear this question. 
But what do you think? Big picture. Um, big picture. I think that it was fine. I think that, in a way, we got a story of a team of mutants going to somehow save other mutants. But I think it was very, very confusing. A lot of information for a story to end with a non-mutant warrior following up with taking down the Kin Crimson, which is probably something that we're not even going to see happen. Potentially. I do think, and I did go through some tweet replies, Steve Orlando said that these two are our final members of the Marauders team, Cerebra and Warbird with the symbiote. So maybe not. Okay. And what? so is Cerebra going to have some insight into the box and Kate's handwriting from all this time ago? Like, what the heck was that? Cerebra is from the future. And that box is from the past. And so we don't know anything about that. No. Nothing. Just just nothing. Just just Emma getting this box that she then did a deal with Mystique for, which was a huge deal in Inferno. And then now the box comes and she gives it to Kate. And all this nonsense for what? Adventure. Red herrings. And... And we're going to go, are we going to freaking go back in space now? The oh, Marauders are in space? That's who they are now? Yeah, probably. I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree that this issue was all over the place. Like this, this arc was kind of all over the place. It was deep in the past and now shoehorned a little bit deep in the future. Cerebra appears in Spider-Man 2099, Exodus number five, which was written by Steve Orlando, that arc. And number five introduced the X-Men team of the new 2099 X-Men team. Mm -hmm. And there's a reference to a kid cable dropping off Cerebra in that data page. And they, Mm -hmm. I, I literally bought that issue because at the end of this issue, I was like, wait, what? That's kind of how I feel. I feel like Marauders was my favorite book because it was... Its own solid it story. Was a, it was a team that formed out of Krakoa. It was a mission that formed out of Krakoa. I'm going to start crying right now. I'm so upset. The whole purpose of the Marauders was to like further the story of Krakoa, to bring mutants to Krakoa. And it was something that I understood. It wasn't just about it being about Kate. It was about a book that felt like it was it was a it was branching off of Krakoa and taking Krakoa into another place and it doesn't feel like that at all anymore. And it's I don't enjoy reading it because I don't know what's happening. I always feel confused. I feel stupid when I read it, honestly. And it is disappointing to me because the team dynamics could be so much more. The story could be so like it used to be a team that I rooted for, a team whose side I was on, a team who I wanted to win. And now I don't know what's happening when I read it. And I don't feel connected to these other characters like and and if you're going to seed in all this mystery and all these things, like give me some payoff and, and don't just give me this big mystery of this box that leads up through all these other arcs and then comes into the Marauders and then just disappears into nothing. Like, 
I just don't know where the heart of the team is anymore. And I don't know why we have plenty of things going on in space. We have everything that's happening with um, Araco and like, and Storm should like Storm should be doing stuff in space. And when the reset of Marauders happened, like when the Marauders annual came out, that set up this team that was going to like go rescue mutants from other nations that were were not able to come to Krakoa. Like that's what was set up, was it not? Yeah. But so to your point about the box and the point about rescuing mutants, that is what the start of this was, right? The, the first blood spilled are ancestor mutants. That's who they were trying to rescue. And because they were the ancestor mutants and because it uncovered a lot more plot that we were not aware of, it became this whole world into itself. It became threshold. It became this distant past, not so distant past and slightly far future all weaving through this space battle. I, I completely agree that it's entirely too much for one book, and especially to wrap up in one issue. I just feel like we've seeded a lot through the four issues that became before it. Too much. Yeah. We didn't need 10 secrets. You know, we didn't need all of this complexity, the this Shi'ar secrets. I, I, don't, I don't know what the next adventure will hold for this Marauders, if they're always going to be space bound. But I, I would agree with you that that does not tie true to the idea of bringing mutants back to the promise of Krakoa. Right. And also, like, there are so many books that are so high level. The thing I liked so much about Marauders as the title when it started was that it was just a straightforward adventure book. Right. We're going to do this. We're going to do this adventure. That's it. X-Men it Buccaneers. Was fun. Right. It was fun. It was witty. It had team dynamics. We we had a start to finish adventure. And then we had other books that were seeding all these huge interworld things. And it sometimes played into those things and it sometimes stayed in its own thing. And it just feels like it's so much right now. And it just it feels so different. And I, I get it that like writers change and things change and whatever. But like... Yeah, I am a little, you know, pissed that Kate is supposed to be the leader of this team and she wasn't in the last half of the arc because she was dead. Like, and and then you get to the end of the book and there's no rush to resurrect her. She's not even at the top of the queue. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, let's get some, some stuff going for some other characters, but she's still the leader of the team. Like, would you do that to Cyclops in the X-Men? Never. Right. I, and I would agree with what you're saying about team dynamics. I don't think that we really got a lot of team dynamics. We got a lot of power dynamics. Right. We got a lot of power dynamics. A lot of interesting ways that the characters were using their powers, combining their powers. But that was really the main focus of their interactions across the issues. Uh, I am interested to read it as a title again. Right. So to just try to read it straight through to see if that gives a little bit more clarity after the fact and, and ties a bow on it in some way. Chad actually recommended that read the first five together now and that it completes this this bigger story. Uh, so I, I'm willing to give it that shot. But I understand where you're coming from, having felt so much connection to Marauders Volume One and to now be reading this book that is 
very distant from that that group, that concept, that tone. Yeah. Uh, and and seems really more playing on deep cuts, right? Every issue has a character that hasn't been heard from or seen in decades. Yeah, and it but it also it's not like put in there in a way where it feels friendly to someone who is a new reader. It's put in there in a way where it feels like you need to know what this deep cut is. Right. No, I mean, even some of the deep cuts I haven't known and I've had to go and look up because there's no context to them. It's just like, oh, yeah, this guy. Like, it's fine to introduce a character that hasn't been heard from in 20 years, but don't make me have to then go do the research. Tell me what I need to know about them in this story so that I feel like it makes sense to me as a person who's reading it right now for the first time. Curls is curious if the Marauders payoff was worth the story. She does not think so. Curls, me either. Clearly. I just cried about a comic. (laughs) Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Warline Comics wants to read Donny Cates' Venom after this issue. Apparently, they reveal that symbiotes were created to bond with people, copy their DNA and information about their race, and bring it back to the hive mind. Excellent. Thank you, Warline. So that gives you a little bit more context. It's a <laughs> and, and what's going on with them. Yeah. He's also wondering if we may see Kid Cable again, seeing as an older version returns and we didn't see him. We only see him in that Spider-Man 29 Exodus number five issue where he was there with Cerebra and they both disappear. So why do we need more members of the team? We don't. You have You have so many people already and you're not really diving into their inner character work and one of them is not even a mutant warbird yeah yeah well, i mean that's fine especially if she's now bonded with a mutant symbiote <sighs> the pikachu wants to know if akiro's new code name will stick he hopes so i do too fang I mean, or cool. space wolf I, I like space wolf i mean i just think fang is gonna be space, more space wolferine i <laughs> space wolferine no <laughs> No. Wolverine. Catatonic Abyss 420. Love the name. Wants to know if we're enjoying the Marauders art more with the new artist. I I enjoy the the art a lot in this book, but I will say that it's really just Tempo whose face seems void of detail to me. Hmm. But that's literally my only nitpicky thing. I do like the art. I I the other art started to grow on me honestly yeah, me too. and I I'm not going to be like, I miss it, but I didn't, after like the first two issues, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this art is fine. I it, like this. Like, it definitely grew on me and I would be upset if they were replaced because of reaction. Right. Yeah. That would actually upset me. That would make me feel really sad for them because even though their art was different, it was still good. Right. In my opinion. Eric Huffman thought it was all over the place. He wanted to go back and reread it, but just didn't care enough. Thanks, Eric. Same. He started losing interest with all the time travel, and it felt like all resolved awfully quickly, which I 100% agree. Yes. It just, we introduced layers and layers of the new plot, and then, like, okay, now this is fine. Maybe we'll come back to it. The, the 10 shames or secrets or whatever, and then this is over here, and that's fine, and we're traveling in multiple different dimensions and time periods. And also like the symbiote being introduced just so that we can then get this other character. Like there was like a deal between them. Yeah, that wasn't really. Like that wasn't really explained. Like, oh, is it time for our deal now? Yeah. Okay. It's our deal. Like what deal? I think. What are you hiding, Cassandra? I think Cassandra freed Zizax from 
the the crag or from wherever they were freed from and took them back screen. in time yeah was bonded to them somehow or they were hiding out in their back pocket yeah good that would have been nice information if it was shared with the class <laughs> well clearly the order of the books today were more based on when the comics came out and not clearly and you know what like i'm not i'm not trying to down on Steve Orlando at all because I think that the X-Men Green yeah I think X-Men Green is great Thunderbird I think Thunderbird is amazing I think that there's a lot of really good interesting sci-fi story here but it's just too much at once and the Marauders to me doesn't feel like the team to tell that story and I think that's where my resistance comes from it's not the story itself it's that Literally in the giant size issue, I felt like, okay, now we're going to get the story. You know, this isn't going to be about the black market wheelings and dealings. And also like Kate is a pirate. She is a pirate. She should be on the high seas as a pirate. I mean, space pirates. This isn't the Star Jammers. We don't need a new Star Jammers. I mean, even the Star Jammers get into adventures that are a little more like rough and tumble and fun and a little less like we're starting an intergalactic war sure well I, yes and no okay i'm not gonna yeah, yeah yeah. we're not gonna go down that route right now all right let's shake it off let's let it go let's move on to our final issue <sighs> judgment day number three let's talk about that cover you know compared to the other do this is fine. It was nothing really special. Now, having read the full issue, I get where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the attack, the different viewpoints on the attack. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just three characters charging with a stylized background. I mean, that's still cool. Yeah. I really loved issue two's cover, though. Yes, like I the, know you that, did. That was really cool. All right. Here we go. Page turn noise. <laughs> Judgment day. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Valerio Schiti. You've been saying that wrong? I've been saying that wrong. It was actually in this issue where he is interviewed, where he says how to pronounce his name. It's Valerio Schiti. Color art, Marta Gracia. Letters, Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Our lineup page. I do love these, especially the stylized lineup page. I know I know. we basically get this all the time on the title page. All pages, the time. But... I was reading Secret Wars and they have very much so a stylized boxes and differentiation of team lineup. Mm. Someone today called Kieran Gillen the poor man's Jonathan Hickman. Oh, <laughs> rude. It would very rude. Man. Judgment. Is this a test? You got the the progenitor, right? That's his name. Yeah. You got the progenitor standing in the background, thumb to the side. Like he's watching a gladiator battle and Ajak and Makari immediately regretting their decision to create a new god of new influence after hearing what he has to say. Yeah, it's not going to be the best situation. Poor Tony Stark getting dumped on left and right and just trying to help. You know, he, he didn't say, oh, I have to be the, the mainframe for this celestial. Like that was a benefit of him being there. I know you're never going to say poor Tony Stark. You're never going to empathize for Tony Stark. I just chose to say nothing. I thought that was fine. It, it is fine. I can just, can see, I can see your smirk widening 
the because, listeners cannot. Because you said he didn't choose to be like, I'm the one who should be the mainframe, but... He was excited about it. He was excited about it. He was going to show off to his I other nerd friends. I feel like he was like, yo, make it me. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but it's not about Tony right now, okay? It's, it's about, about Captain, Captain America. America. This blew me away. And he gets a thumbs down because he hasn't been able to complete his goal for all these years. That just... That boggles my brain about what it is we're being judged for. So we're setting the tone straight up. Right. Cap fails. If Cap fails, we're all screwed. Everyone's Tony screwed. knows. I mean, some of the people who fail later in the book, okay, yeah, it makes yeah, no, sense. No, I get. But But Cap? It's basically you're being held to your own standard of yourself. So if you go easy on yourself, you're good. Like I you, guess. If you don't try hard, if you've not historically wanted to be better, then you're fine. Yeah. This image of are they like brought in to the mind of the progenitor? Maybe. Because right we see this representation of Captain America as the judgment. And he gets a big old thumbs down. You are a failure. Let's check in with our human friends. But wait, even in all that, Cap is fine. He's calm. Right. He's like, it's cool. This doesn't define me. I'm Captain America. Let's go. I'm going to go hit some things and make some speeches. Tom, the worst of the six humans, just <laughs> like, yeah, this is the mutants mess. Why should I care? Katrina, also pretty bad, lives and dies for the tweets. Arjun's wife, Kamali, the deepest story. I'm interested in how this continues. Yeah. I just feel like that's cool. And, and Yeah, because I didn't expect it to continue. Exactly. And the fact that we have the same box structuring, but now we're following Arjun in a different way. Mm-hmm. And even the way that the progenitor is affected by Kamali's reaction, Daniela, work is crazy. Am I right? That, that's I really, mean, that's her thing. Pretty much. Jada, yeah, I'm trying, but we'll see. <laughs> and Kenta is all of us. Like, hey, we're about to die. Why, sending. Do, why am I doing my homework? Why am I doing homework? Also, he's wearing a Pym Particles shirt. Yes. With an Ant-Man helmet. Just so we know where his, his father, loyalties lie. His father judges himself. What kind of father can't protect his family? Into the exclusion, Uranus. Burn it all down and sweep it away. He likes this new celestial's way. <laughs> but like Uranus, like you're in the burn it all down. Is he though? I mean, he's in the machine. He's like, I don't know. Is he going to get judged? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't either, I guess. Druig re-up on the attack plans, throwing things at Krikoa. As they meet together in the exclusion, he's not too desperate to let Uranus out, though. Like, that has to be an upcoming move, right? Maybe. That has to be the final desperation. Maybe, but I don't think Druig wants Uranus to take all the cred, you know? He's already been the one to destroy Mars. If he then becomes the, the one to take down Krakoa, then people will start to be like, well, what do we need Druig for? We don't. Right. Druig knows that, though. Right, but that's what I'm saying. He knows that, so he's not going to let sure. that out of the bag, essentially. Back to Avengers Mountain as we make our celestial game plan with our adults around the table. Do we attack? Stark is ready to take the celestial down. Screw this, y'all. Let's just attack. We got to get rid of it. And Ajak and Makari, I, I just I love this team surrounding the hologram of the progenitor. 
Ajax and Makari are like, whoa, we can't just kill it. He's our god, not a failed science experiment. I'm like, kind, of, kind, kind of, of both. Is, like, a little bit of both. <laughs> like, yes, you made him a god. But he is not quite what you wanted. And you did make him mm-hmm. out of questionable sciences. Ah, sinister. Yeah. Secretly. Oh, well, if you do it, do it on the down low because we'll be forced to come for you. Oh, secrets? I love secrets. Irene, are you listening? Let me reach out to you telepathically because Sinister has all power. Back with our mutants, getting that Krakoan update. The fight continues. Oh, Xavier dies. Bye, Charles. I wonder if this is what he means by time it right. Sinister, as he's reaching out to Irene. Make it the right timing to introduce this idea. When Xavier's not around? Yes. Because he would obviously object to this. You think? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. This is a new new age Xavier. Yeah. But Emma's for it. Well, she's for considering it, but she actually abstains from the vote. Oh, that's true. You're right. But let's get inside for meeting time. Everyone's sass about how hard it is to do all the things right now. I mean, it, it is a lot going on. Right. Especially Exodus. He's he's out there fighting everybody, he's supercharged. Like, Excuse me, I'm in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Colossus is having coffee with his sister. <laughs> they could paralyze the Eternals, but also kill millions. It won't. I saw it, but it, it could. You know, Destiny is telling us. Ah, Destiny. It won't kill millions because it's not real. There you but go. But you can't see that. Nope. I do love this mental meeting space. We've mm. seen this a couple times. So this is a new way, you know. The art team crushing it again and again. So cool. The plot, the vote and how it divides the team. I love Hope's reasoning as to why she votes for this step. You have a headshot. You got to go for it. right? Mm-hmm. Unless you have another idea as to what we could do to take down the Celestial. Right. Like we're kind of in a bind here. Do we just continue to die as they continue to resurrect themselves again and again? But we're going to send them in blind without knowing the consequences. Because if they did know, they probably wouldn't want to do it. Probably not. Especially the X-Men, you know, the saviors of everywhere. Yep. Don't worry. Emma's got reinforcements coming. They really do. The deviants look like mutants when you see them on this page. And the fact that they have similar enough DNA to get in through the gates, right. like right. that's cool. And the deviants, just so I can, because, you know. Making sure I'm very clear. Emma invited the deviants. Yep. Okay. Good move on Emma's part, I think. I think so, too. Reinforcements. You know, they, they all fight for the same cause, essentially. Mm-hmm. Fighting back on Eternals. Cyclops is like, uh, we are not deviants. All caps. <laughs> um. Okay. Tomato, tomatoes. Whatever, bro. We're here to help. We're basically the same. And we're willing to sacrifice ourselves in this war so you can do whatever you need to do and save your homeland. Right. So maybe not split hairs. So maybe uh, don't be a jerk. Again to Avengers Mountain, the progress report. Interesting to think of how the threat of judgment is negatively impacting people's actions. How they're now going to do all these other things because, hey, we're going to die or maybe. Right. And I do think that it's interesting to to take into account the judgment is being done individually and then how well all the individuals do is the outcome, right? right? So it's kind of like everyone's saying, well, we know the majority of people are trash. Right. 
So, so let's all be trash. Let's all be trash In our final days. Instead of trying to band together to do something good, which maybe will sway the judgment. Especially, like, that's why I keep on thinking about Tom. Right. For Tom to be like, well, it's the mutants' fault that we're in this. No, not really. Everyone was murdering them for decades, and they decided, hey, this is how we stop getting murdered all the time. Who's Tom? The first of the humans. Oh. <laughs> it's like... Really trying to focus on what you were saying. And then I was like, I don't know who Tom is. Got it. He's so important. I'm supposed to know. They are all important. As are these infiltrators. Because Ajax did not trust Stark's technology completely. She's got her own surveillance of people coming in. As Sinister sneaks up and does something onto the thing. Oh, oops. Pops open a little. Sinister thing here uh well with this sneak attack move and they move forward as he's just i love his i think we've seen almost this exact devious face of his too as he turns to tony he's like oh well maybe you'll die you'll all die and i'll resurrect even though tony can essentially resurrect himself supposedly mm-hmm. toodles maybe yeah. you see you later or not i don't know <laughs> sinister the eternals all responding together essentially coded into them in the same way that they breathe naturally. Right. They have no choice. They have to protect the Celestials. As the Again, X-Men. what is Wolverine doing here? Is this a fight for the X-Men or is this just a bunch of mutants coming? This is just a strike team for mutants. This is not the X-Men. Why not? Because it's more than just the X-Men. I only see... Uh, excuse me. Yeah. No, I see him too. Quentin Choir is in this fight page. Excuse me. Somebody's got to have a conversation with these people. This is the second time. Yeah. Miscommunication of, I mean, so Beast is here. Colossus is here. Havoc, Archangel, Iceman, Dupe. Come on, Dupe's here. Gene, obviously. Obviously, Gene. She's the star of the issue. Wolverine. Star of the event. I think we see Cable later Domino. On getting kicked in the face. So it seems like X-Force... X-Force, X-Men, and a handful of... Oh, there's Magic, and yep. there's Firestar. But Quentin should not be here. And friends. so, I mean, the only thing that it might be is the later reveal. Is that because it was happening, the Celestial doesn't know that Quentin Quire is dead? This whole battle is all happening in the Celestial's mind as well? Okay, so I'm not, I'm not all sick. the other X-Men are really there fighting in their minds, and Quentin just isn't? They just see him? Yep. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the art's really beautiful. Yeah, the art's amazing. (laughs) But Exodus is able to take down Icarus as Gene sneaks in to that open spot, followed by Iron Man trying to dissuade her. Hey. Taking down the Death Star. Right. Yeah. Basically what it is. I'm sorry, Tony. I got to do this. But you have no idea what it's going to do. It's done. Oh, no. Shockwave could hit cities. Just the impact that it has on her. And she didn't know. I think it's all going to be all... Bam, bam, bam. Honestly, these pages, yeah. oh, first of all, they're so gorgeous. But Beautiful second of all, my heart like sank. I was like, oh my God. All these people Jean are dead. Gray, you just killed all those people. What are you going to do? How are you going to feel? You're going to fall apart. Yeah. And then... This isn't psych. real. Psych. She's still going to fall apart though. Yeah. I she's mean, still crying. She's still crying. This is not going to be good for Jean Grey. We were all inside its mind the whole time. This... I should have known. She's correct. She is one of the few who could 
have known. Why do you think that is? Is that like just because of telepathy? Just because of being able to see an illusion? Maybe. Maybe. But she couldn't see past her fear. So she couldn't tell that it was an illusion. And also all the people. Like all the people thought it really happened to them. And then they were like, oh, just kidding. We're still alive. Yeah. That was played out to all of them. Basically extrapolating how far that explosion would have gone. That's bananas. Because they all rejoice to find that they did not die. Some die of heart attacks because of the fact that they thought they were going to die. But it's only a smattering. Just a couple. Who cares? Hey, listen up, everybody. Your, Here's my judgment. Your heroes think themselves gods above judgment. Now you all see they are mistaken. Your day ticks away. Justify yourself. Emma Frost, thumbs down. Why do you think that is? Because she abstained from the vote. Maybe, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Because she didn't make a choice. She didn't pick a side. Well, do you think it's just because of that? Or do you think... I feel like it's because the simmering rebellion, right? So she is for the children, right? Mm-hmm. That That is likely the judgment that she would be passed on. Mm-hmm. And is she really doing all that she can for the children? Or is she playing nice in this council with others? Right. And, you know, Crow fighting for his people. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Destiny not revealing the full truth. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Mystique. Mystique. I mean, come on. Just killing everybody. Thumbs down. What's what's even your compass, Mystique? And the rest, I don't feel like deciding right now. Right. We'll get there. As Jean rips apart Sinister in this mental space. She is P.O.'d. Because Sinister knew. Oh, yeah. What could have happened. It was his plan. He had the inside intel. Not to say. It's time to talk it out with the adults. (laughs) We grown ups. I don't know what the big fellow thinks of you, but you're a big thumbs down and a raspberry from me. <laughs> Sinister to Gene. On to the grown-ups working it out as Ajak is flipping out. I mean, as she should. Yeah. It's a lot of like... It was worth a try. Hey, let's all be together. Slash, I'm going to go behind your back and try to take down this god, even though we probably all should have took down this god because we probably shouldn't have created one right. in the first place. Right. We maybe should have gone another route and just attacked Druig mm-hmm. from the start. Yeah. Instead of making a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And also, you kidnapped me, so what? Wh- yeah. I, I have no allegiance to you. I'm evil. Right. Do you not know My me? My name is Mr. Sinister. <laughs> the whole uh. world pulling together is what we need. And that gives Cersei an idea. Mm. To go into the exclusion with Jack of Knives. It wasn't really on their side, but just working on their job while insulting her loud movements. <laughs> As we break out our last page reveal, Star Fox. Why is Star Fox in a jail? I'm not sure why they're in a jail. I think it's because of the way that they have the ability to influence people and mm. also because they're the brother of Thanos. Oh, this is, oh, is that Harry Styles, Harry Styles character in Eternals. Yep. Now that I see him sitting there in the chair, I I understand yeah. that he's Harry Styles. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting turn. Another way to... it, An attack I didn't expect them to make. Another twist into how this celestial is going to be difficult to beat. A way of elongating the judgment without 
over stretching it. Still in that 24-hour time frame, baby. Still in that 24-hour time frame. So I thought it was good. I thought it was, it gives a lot of room for us to play in the smaller issues of like what happens in the, you know, on a larger scale, I guess. Still, Still knowing that Krakoa is in a constant battle, you know, and, and getting to know more about that. Right. And it also gives context to that. You know, I'm looking at the checklist right now, that Death to the Mutants issue cover with Crow and Cyclops fighting side by side. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we know how they've come together. Mm-hmm. That that feels like it's going to recap a lot of things again. Yeah. But now we're ready for it. Now we know. Yeah, I, I liked it. I don't think it was my favorite of the three so far. I thought the art was on point. Mm-hmm. Really great art. Great art. I think it moved things forward. But it also just kind of felt like smaller movements, especially with this whole attack, attack, uh, dream sequence, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I did really like the dream sequence, though. I did, too. Warline actually is questioning this now X-trope of a dream showing heroes the consequences of their actions. So it was done in Ten of Swords mm. when Wolverine tried to attack Saturn 9 to end right. the tournament. Right? And so they, they played out what would have happened if he actually did that or was successful. Mm. He's also calling out Tony for the fact that Cap and Emma got a thumbs down and Crow got a thumbs up. Is that Tony's fault? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's Tony's fault. I don't I just I, I question how much influence Tony has on the Celestial. Right. So, oh, interesting, because I see because mm-hmm, I actually am intrigued by that. Would you like to share? Well, it's just interesting because he's got. The Celestial is made up of Tony Stark. Well, so, yeah. But I think that if Tony was given, if if someone said, Tony, do you think the fate of the world lies in, in whether or not Captain America is good or evil? Right, exactly. And he, would, he would thumbs up Cap in a heartbeat. I don't think that it's Tony's mentality. I think that it was based off of Tony's biological structure and mm. familiarity with the Celestial, mm. right? And so even what they got for the scriptures, right? What they got for the information that then built the consciousness essentially Mm -hmm. for the celestial that had nothing to do with tony right but it is just an interesting thing to think about am friedrich wants to know who didn't get the note about quentin was it kieran or valerio i don't know i I think uh, maybe it's because it was all in celestial's mind and i'm just saying that kind thing for you to say i'm just trying to move along it's the same reason why was wolverine laura in that attack right she wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to be there Mike loves Mariah Carey. Wonders if it's all Jean Grey's fault. Should she really have known? Could a telepath know? Like, should she have known what would have been the potential consequence? Oh, I do not think it is all her fault, but I do think she... She's going to feel that way. I do think... Yes, I do think that she will feel that way. But I think that there have been instances in the past, in the recent past, where we've seen Jean go, "Mm, this isn't quite real, right? right? And she knows. So... I think that she could have caught on to it if anyone would have caught on to it. But all of those telepaths were sure. involved and nobody knew. So I don't by any means think that it's all Jean's fault because one, the attack wasn't her idea. Like, you know, she was, she might have been the one to complete the task, but I don't see it all resting on her. No. Michael Fox talking more Jean saying she's the MVP of the event, the tear on her face, realizing that she might have murdered billions after she just felt like she truly atoned for the Dark Phoenix. I do think that 
based on a lot of the art and the covers and things like that that I've seen that Gene is going to be a huge key factor in the end of all of this. Well, so she, Star Fox and Iron Fist have one shot. Iron Fist, that doesn't make any sense. I thought it was Iron Man. I'm looking at the list and I, I thought it was Iron Man. Maybe. I don't know. Because Interesting. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, I saw those connecting covers. She gets a one shot of herself at the end of this event mm-hmm. and how it relates to the bigger story, as does Star Fox and I believe Iron Man. Well, Iron Fist gets one too. Yeah, apparently. And so does the Eternals, AXE Eternals number one. There, there are so many other add-ons that I was not a, aware of. AXE X-Men number one. What is this? We'll find out. Yep. Michael is also calling for Gene coming for the Quiet Council, either to rejoin or to shake things up. Yeah, because they were like, well, if you were on the council. Yeah, they sent her in. She's not going to be happy about that. No, Mm-mm-mm. as she should, right? You know, no, she, she should be mad. Right. You should be given, even if as a team leader or a team or any, like the war captains, the captain commander, the teams that you sent in should be given all the information that you have. They should know about Moira. Yeah, they I mean, shouldn't. Jean does, but they don't know that. Right. But like, you shouldn't be sending your teams into battle with half information. Nope. Curls is asking if the Eternals can ignore the new gods wishes the same way Uranus ignores Aura Serrata on Araco. I don't think it seems like they can't. No, I don't think so. Just because it's like coded into them. Right. It's they they compare it to breathing mm-hmm. it's something that they cannot refuse versus uranus just being stronger than aura's mutant abilities right because aura is not a celestial right no or or even an eternal right but the eternals have to obey the celestials the pikachu wants to know about the judgment is the progenitor judging people based on their own beliefs slash their point of view seems like it right? seems like it which is interesting because i don't i don't know how that works yeah, I feel like I need more data points. Yeah, I need some data pages. Where are the data pages? <laughs> he also wants to know what characters do we think will pass or fail judgment? I think Ooh. Gene's got to say thumbs up. Thumbs up for Gene. Gene, yeah. Xavier, thumbs down. I don't know. If you ask Xavier how well he's doing, that that's the, the mindset you got to oh, think, you right? Oh, you think it's that, how well they how think How well they they're think doing. they're doing. Or, and or that this. makes sense to me why Emma would get a thumbs down. Right. Hmm. No, Krakoa Xavier thumbs. He's giving himself as a thumbs up. Hundred percent. Cyclops that thumbs smug up. Little butt face. Magneto thumbs up. Thumbs up. Ah, uh, maybe actually, I don't know. Maybe thumbs down. No, Magneto. It's the hour of Magneto, babe. He thinks thumbs up all day. Well, so yeah, for that specifically, but with how he felt when he left the Krakoan Council. Also, he's off world, so he's not even getting judged. Right, right. Who do we think's getting a thumbs down? Tony Stark. Gotta be. Tony Stark is getting a thumbs down. Mr. Sinister, thumbs up all the way. He's getting the biggest thumbs up. Tom, thumbs up. He, what What is he even trying to do? I don't know, but he's happy with himself. He's so. doing it well. He's getting a thumbs up. I think the others might be giving themselves thumbs down. Um, I think Magic's getting a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Magic's getting a thumbs up. Iceman's definitely getting a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's? Overall, Wolverines might be giving themselves thumbs down. Yeah. That's I think the nature Laura's of a get, Wolverine. I think Laura's getting a thumbs up. I think Logan getting a thumbs down. Okay. Maybe Fang is somewhere in between. Gabby? Questionable. Gabby's, She's getting a thumbs up. Gabby's living her best life. She's having Where a great time. Where is she? I don't know. Think about this further. Mm-hmm. 
We had a few people calling out Star Fox. Eric Huffman wants to know who is he and why should we care? I don't know. Isn't it a video game? Star Fox. Honestly, that's all I could think of. Was do a barrel roll, you know? <laughs> Slippy! Star Fox 64 was my childhood. Uh, so he, that's really all I know about him is that he is the brother of Thanos. He is actually embedded in the Eternals protocols versus Thanos not being able to be, which that's mm, interesting. Interesting. Uh, so he has the ability to influence people, especially in a, in a close radius. I was looking into his powers earlier. So maybe that's how they're going to use him mm -hmm. to spread peace and love for each other and just unleash him around and say, hey, stop being jerks. Like yourself. Like each other. But other than that, I think I think we'll maybe see that further. Hopefully we learn something. Right. That's it. I mean, you say that's it, but yeah, that, was, was a lot. that was a lot. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of ups and downs. I have a headache again. Okay, well, we did it. So that's good. Yep. And next week we should be back to our regular antics. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Speaking of next week, what we got? I don't know. You tell me. Gambit number two. Ooh. Excite. That's nice. X-Force number 31. Okay. Craven wearing Beast Let's on get the it. Cover. I cannot wait for that. Let's go. Knights of X number five, the final issue. Oh, snap. Oh, gosh. Not ready. And X-Men number 14. Where's Gambit? X-Men number 14. Okay. Yeah. Seems like a good, a good week. That's a good week. All over the place. It's almost like they release Gambit on weeks of Knights of X to soften the so blow. So that you're of the like, oh, he's dead, but he's over here. Yeah, he's over here. He's living on in your hearts and minds in the past. Ugh. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the X Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>